Hello and welcome to episode four of our Next Steps podcast. I'm Anne and I will be facilitating today's podcast. First of all, I would just like to acknowledge that we're here because of God's grace and it's through God's grace that we acknowledge the First Nations peoples on whose land we meet. We acknowledge their care of country, land, oceans and waters. We acknowledge their elders past and present and future. We also acknowledge past injustices and the need to work towards reconciliation with and through Jesus. Um, first of all, I want to now um, introduce those who are part of our panel today and welcome back to Dan Hutchison, who's been on leave for a little while. Dan is one of our pastors at Citywide Baptist. Um, also, Matt Garvin, thank you for joining us. And Paul Dare, um, who looks after the uh, Levendale community, who's part of our congregation. And Renata, who is um, one of our elders and also brought part of the message yesterday. Thank you for each of you joining us. Um, I'd like to now um, hand over to Renata. Renata, as I said, just brought part of the message yesterday, as did Matt Garvin. So, Renata, over to you. Can you just give us a brief recap of what you spoke about yesterday? I certainly can. What I was speaking about yesterday was talking about um, part of reflecting. Um, one of the easiest ways we think of as reflecting is looking at mirrors. And so I was discussing some of the different types of mirrors and how they've changed throughout history and what sort of mirror we have actually affects what we see. So there's the importance of taking the time to study what we're looking at um and also of then going back to talk to other people so that we can find out whether we're you know in our self-reflection using a mirror that distorts our views or colors it differently so that we can check whether other people are seeing similar things to us thanks hmm. it was um very perceptive and um insightful and thank you um and for those who want to watch that it's available on our citywide um youtube channel Matt, um, can you just give a quick summary of how, how you approached reflection um, and what it means to follow Jesus? What, what I'm wondering is whether we kick around what, how Renata shared. Oh, okay. First, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then, we'll, then we'll dive into... Uh, yep. Yep. I, I, was, I was actually wondering, Renata, as, as, as I hear you, because I think it was really helpful illustration. Um, what were you hoping people would be left with after, after your bit yesterday? What I hope people are left with is an understanding of, you know, the importance of intentionally taking time to reflect, to, you know, look at what they're seeing. Um, and also being aware of the importance of having community to check your reflections against, to go, you know, I'm not functioning as a hermit off on my own. I need to be doing, you know, interacting in community. And I like using illustrations such as mirrors or things because that means that I can ruin stuff for everyone through the week where every time they walk into the bathroom, they're thinking on a message that they've heard. Well, how did um, you find, what, what were some of the things that really meant something to you as you heard Renata speak? Um, it was really interesting. I've been reflecting on it this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, the bad, I was hoping for bad pun jokes. Um, as I've been reflecting on it, I just realised, I was thinking more along the lines of, Renata said, you look in the mirror and you see certain things. 
And then other people will see certain things and they usually are different about how they describe you. And it, I just find it interesting is sometimes we get caught up. My take on it, sometimes we get so caught up in our own little world that we focus on stuff that don't, don't need to be focused on, doesn't need to be focused on, where we should be looking at other things. And I think that's where community helps us. It says you could be so fascinated with some small thing. Uh, the one I relate to is church. Like um, you could be so fascinated or so stuck on I want more hymns, I want more choruses, that you, think you don't actually see the big picture. And that's where community comes into it because they go, well, what about God and this and what about God and that? And so I actually found it really encouraging and it just did actually um, cause me to stop and reflect. So well done. Mm-hmm. Anything for you, Dan? Yeah, well, um, I've been excited about this series, um, this diagram of, of reflection and, and recognising and, and cho- choosing acting. So. The reflection part, I just think it's so important to, to go, well, what, what's God wanting to speak to me right now? And I, I find for myself um, that difficult being an introvert, not knowing if I'm an introvert or extrovert, I'm kind of right in the middle. So I, I find that I, you know, I love getting in the outdoors and just spending time with God and I find in that space just going, well, what Lord do you want to challenge me on? But at the same time, I realise how much I just love talking to people and, and having that reflection back of, of um, you know, hearing what's going on in their hearts and then what's going on in mine and, and God speaking through that way too. So okay. um, I just think it's so valuable. And I, I think um, Renata's point about uh, how there's so many Bibles um, around the place these days that it, we've kind of lost that, that value uh, and we've allowed other things and busyness to kind of come in and, uh, and lose that focus. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm certainly... I find myself wrestling with that myself and, and wanting to, I guess, speak that out in, in other people too. Just like it's so valuable to, to take that time to, to listen to what God um, wants to hear you. Yeah. Okay. One of you just mentioned um, Renato not only spoke about mirrors and, and the different kinds of mirrors, yeah. etc., and how we view ourselves in mirrors, but um, Renato, you also spoke about um, reflecting on God's word. Um, and that God's word is like a mirror um, as we walk our journeys of faith and, um, and our, in our relationship with God. Do you want to just unpack that a little bit for us? Sure. Um, when we talk about reflecting on God's word, it's important for us to actually think about what we see and understand. For example, like the verse we were talking about, it's James 1, 23 to 25. Anyone who listens to the word but does not understand what it, uh, what it says it, or does not do what it says is like someone who looks in, at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Um, now, there's a whole lot in... That's only half of it, but there's a whole lot in that that could be unpacked. But if you just read it at a quick glance, it doesn't seem like... Some, you know, you're not going to get a lot of depth out of it. Whereas, you know, in that sermon, I have literally only looked at probably an eighth of the verse there is looking at the mirrors and the focus on what depth is in there because, you know, historically mirrors weren't even the same thing we look at now and think of. Hmm. And that changes how some of those things can be understood. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, taking the time to actually understand is important because if you don't understand the word, 
you can't look at your life and see whether your life is reflecting the work. And, and Matt, we've talked before about how sometimes when we read things in the Bible, it can be confusing, and some of that's because of cultural context. So um, how do we bring that all together? What are your thoughts on how we can use our time of reflection on God's Word to help us better understand who God is and um, who we are in relationship to others and God? But also, um, how, do we, how do we make sense of it? Um, and, and, and really deepen our understandings, given that it comes from a long time ago. Hmm. I mean, there's, there's a lot of levels to that. But what I, I just have been reflecting on the, the illustration of the mirror and how looking into the Word of God is meant to be like looking into a mirror. And just thinking uh, how easy it is for it not to be. How... how, how like, and, and I think the illustration there is that it's meant to be telling you the truth of uh, who you are and where you're up to. And, and it, it's so easy to create space uh, just to, uh, to, to, to go with the flow and not actually take the time to, to see who you are and where you're up to. Uh, I think um, as I... As I I was almost wondering whether an analogy can be um, we could either look in a mirror or watch TV. Um, like if you if you watch TV, then you're projecting other people's stories and you're projecting your stories and you and and it's entertainment. But when you look at a mirror, as Renato was saying yesterday, you, you can see see the scars. Uh, like if you if you actually look in the mirror, you can see if you're looking tired. Uh, you can see uh, if you needed to drink a bit more water, and it's it's just a, a it's, you know, and it's obviously only the external, but the intent, the the idea of the word of God is it's meant to be a mirror that is like a, I don't know if it's a good metaphor, but like an X-ray where it's, it helps you see inside. It's a mirror for the inside of you. Uh, yeah, probably not that pretty if you look too much too closely inside. Uh, all the the guts and blood and stuff, but it's it's more for you. it's a mirror for your heart and and I and I, I just I think I know for me uh, how easy it is. Even uh, this morning I was a bit rushed because uh, we're recording this a bit earlier than usual and and I, I and I just didn't have the space to to stop like I'd normally want to stop. Uh, like I, I I whipped through the Bible reading uh, and. If, if, if it's okay to admit this as a pastor, my head was actually somewhere else. I, I read it, but but actually I wasn't reading it, and it wasn't really this morning a mirror. It, it was a TV show. The, the TV show of my life was playing in my head while I was reading the Bible. But I, there are other times when I'm a little more on top of things, and I, I actually create the space um, just to settle. And to say, Holy Spirit, Jesus, what do you want to show me? What what is it? What, what in this is? What, what do I need to hear? And and I guess I guess a part of what Renata was saying is uh, the whole point of reflection is to get a different perspective. We live in the buzz box of our own minds, and and you've got to get out of your mind. <laughs> Some of us. Are, out of our minds completely, and that's part of the problem. But but we've got to get a, we've got to get a different perspective. Otherwise, you just get you, you live in the buzz box and you never stop. Mm. That, that's 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 all you know. That's for me. That's that's the the application. As I've been even thinking about my my life this morning. Yeah, you know, one of the 
um, I thought about um, Psalm 119 yesterday after as Renata mm. was talking because it says a lot about um, the person who wrote it was so passionate about God's word and how important God's word was to how they lived their life. And, you know, they, they used words like, I meditate on it all day long. And, um, you know, when I ponder it, it helps me get an edge on those things that are trying to get the better of me. Um, and um, I've become smarter even than the people who teach me because I actually think about what's in God's word and then apply it and make it meaningful. And um, and then it also, you know, it helps that person, it helped the writer avoid the ditches and the ruts, if you like, uh, that could trip him up in mm. life. And, um, and he said, even your words are so choice and tasty, which is an interesting metaphor for thinking about it. But why? Because they help him see what he's doing. They throw a beam of light on his dark path and he's committed to living a way that isn't a dark life, but one of light mm. and light. And um, and so based on that, I want to just throw to Dan. Um, for you, how does the word of God become a mirror for you? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think I, I had a similar thing after the, after Renata's, or after the service kind of reflecting and, and God, reminding me of the passage of, well, of, of John the Baptist. And for me, that's been a really important um, kind of story of, of when we read about it, it says that he's a voice in the wilderness, that he said, repent for the kingdom is now. And he said, make straight your path. And, and it just made me think of how, um, kind of a little bit of what we were talking about there, of, of how we can go off the path, being distracted by um, different things, uh, and how it's so important to be called back and to be reminded that this is the path that we're on and, and that, that God's got planned for us. So um, for me, that's actually Blue Gun Pilgrim is what I've set it up around, is, is around that call to repent for the kingdom is near. So to turn away from those distractions and, and keep your heart straight on the path. And I think like the same, we read the word, we, we open ourselves up to time of being able to, to spend that with God and, and to hear what, what it is that he wants to speak to us and whether that's encouragement or, or just to sit with you in the valley of what you're going through, um, that's where his word, that's where spending that time and reflection can really um, open us up. Otherwise, like Matt said, we're just running through, through the motions and, and um, allowing life. And, and that was a key thing for it too, to take control. Um, I think sometimes we, we just let life happen. Um, but I think God's word calls us to take control of it and um, to set it on him to, to um, prioritise our life around uh, him. And, um, yeah, it can be a danger when we, we just let things happen and, and not take that control. Hmm. And, Paul, I'd be interested in how, for you, um, the Word of God becomes a mirror and a, something to reflect into your life. It's interesting. Um, I was actually thinking of that while Dan was speaking about how, how much the Word does actually become a mirror. And it's just amazing, like, this morning I was reflecting on the verse of the day, which was, uh, I think it was 2 John. It's talking about the sins of the world and how he came to um, forgive all our sins and but we should not sin. And I just, I'm just, I was reflecting this morning and um, I'm just 
reminded me of how amazing God is and how gracious and yeah, awe-inspiring he is. And I think that's what reflecting on the word does. It reminds you of who God is and it reminds you in somewhat of who you are and all your foibles and all, all the things you do wrong and plus all the things that you are reflecting God well on as well. And I just, I just find that whether it's a verse or a chapter or, a, you know, a, a paragraph of the Bible, if you actually let that sit and reflect, no matter how you, how you want to do that, I actually think it does change your life. And so I really, really do think it's a reflection, but you always have a choice, which is um, unfortunately in our human nature, we don't always take the right choice. Yeah. Hmm. And, and one of the things the Bible does say, in fact, it talks about Jesus going out to lonely places to spend time praying with his father. And also that the, Jesus asked his followers to basically find a lonely, place, a lonely place, place to be on their own, somewhere quiet where they too could pray. Matt, you spoke about that yesterday. Hmm. Um, do you want to just tease that out? Yeah, it was interesting sort of diving in because for me those two have been grounding verses, both that this is what Jesus did and he said this is where in the Sermon on the Mount he says this is how you pray, you go to a room on your own. Um, and, it, and, it, and it was interesting leading into it. Between Renata and I, we took communion and we, and we together felt like we needed to do that a bit different. Uh, and so uh, we, we actually slowed down for communion and then allowed a, a lot more space for reflection. And as I was preparing for it, I realised uh, even in that, Paul says, when you come to communion, everyone should examine themselves. Uh, and he said, you don't take it without discerning the body of Christ. So that, that before you come to communion, there are two things you need to do. You need to take time to reflect about how you're doing and how your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ are doing. And then when you come, uh, you create space in your own heart to remember Jesus. You do, you do it as an act of remembrance, as an act of reflection. This is what Jesus said in, in, in 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, and so I, yeah, I, I, I find it interesting. I, I, one of the things I've often said about communion is Jesus knew what we needed. He knew how easily we get full of, full of ourselves and we needed a time to come and stop and be reminded who he is and who we are. But even in, one of the dangers is even, even in the busyness of a church service, communion can be a, another arbitrary thing you go through and, and you don't reflect. Uh, and so, so yeah, we were talking about, I'll, I'll sort of just quickly run through some of the stuff yes, I was please. talking about. Um, because that's, that's, that's really where I was starting, that, that, the, the Luke passage uh, where Jesus often, it says Luke very intentionally uses the word often, this is how, he said, basically said, this is how Jesus did stuff, he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed and, and the, the notes for the message are available in the description of the podcast, Matt will sort that out for us I think, uh, and then in Matthew 6 where he says go to a lonely place in your room and I think what I, I, I feel a bit frustrated with uh, how I communicated on Sunday because there's a bunch of stuff I wanted to communicate uh, and I don't think I quite got it out how I wanted to, what I was, what's in the notes and what I was trying to communicate is just the, just to, to help us engage with the dilemma of what stops us, you know, what, why don't we, what, what, why don't we spend more time with God uh, and, uh, and I was quoting uh, Henry Nguyen who has been a bit of a, he a hero for me, well his book particularly, I, I, there's not a lot of books like this, I think I would have read it four or five times and 
it was like it, it, the bits I'm ready for make sense and the bits I'm not ready for don't make sense. And then gradu gradually more and more of the book makes sense. But one of the things he says is part of the reason we don't spend more time alone is that we, we, there's a deep pain associated with it for us. Uh, and so instead we fill our no lives with noise uh, and with trying to get other people to fix our pain. And he said, and so we, I pulled up the, the tree diagram and said, and, and this is kind of the heart of it, um, that we, don't, we actually don't find God in our busyness. We find him in the roots, the, the deep roots of who we are, in the, in our, in the belief structures of who we are. And that, that comes because... Uh, like as Pascal said, you know, quoted him yesterday, that in, inside each one of us there is a God-shaped vacuum. Or as the Book of Ecclesiastes says, God has put eternity in our hearts. Not, you see, it doesn't say in our heads. Uh, like there, there is inside. In order for me to know God, I've got to go down deep uh, and and face the mess of the. We talked about. We've talked a bit about the civil war, because there's also when I go deep. I also encounter my unbelief. I also encounter, encounter my pains from my past, my fears. I, I, that's all there too. Uh, and, and God comes as this still, small voice. And, and there's no way, I can't, I've got, to, I've got to face the pains in order to get to him. I can't, I, I can't, have one without the other because I've got to face who I really am and he he calls me to who I really am and so that's the you know that's kind of the heart of what I was trying to communicate uh, on Sunday and and this deep like, there is a superficial kind of faith that says get your ideas right uh, and if you as long as you think the right ideas and say the right words in the right order you're in you're in the club but I, I, I quoted in passing and didn't, and wasn't really able to say what I wanted to say. But, but, but Ephesians 4 says, you're taught with your former way of life, Ephesians 4.22, to put off the old self, which is being corrupted in its deceitful, not, uh, deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. That, that, at the heart, like, that God is at work to rewire your brain and to, to do the deep work to to help you face your beliefs and which beliefs are right, which beliefs are wrong, uh, and to live, this is what freedom means in Christ, to, to be increasingly free, to, uh, to, to face, and you can't have a relationship with God without taking the space to do this stuff. So again, Romans 12 too, where it says, don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think... It's so tempting in our world to, uh, to look for a Christianity that just reinforces my beliefs and helps me feel more secure and that I'm going to get to heaven. Whereas as I get to know Jesus, I realise he's saying, Matt, let, let's do some deep work. Let's, let's face some of the stuff that's getting in the road. And it's not a, it's not a superficial thing. And as both Renata and I were saying, it just doesn't happen unless you take time to reflect. You can't do the deep work in the noise. So, again, I don't know if I was able to communicate what I was trying to communicate, but there's more, more in the notes. But that's kind of the heart of what I was trying to get out. Thanks, Matt. Um, I just want to throw in another little quote, which I think um, it's from Calvin Miller, actually. Um, and it's, he said, 
Deep is not a place we visit in our search for God. It's what happens when we find him. I'm just wondering, Renata, I'm just going to throw to you, what do you think that means for you and how you live your ordinary everyday life as a Jesus follower? Do you need me just to say it again? Well, look, what it means for me to see, you know, deep is just what happens when you follow God. It's not part of the search for him. It's what happens when you find him. Is like, for me, that's where going through my everyday life, I usually have, you know, God sort of sitting in my thoughts or prayer in the background of what I'm doing. It is, it's just a constant. It's not something I'm necessarily taking specific time out of my day to do at any point. It's just always there. Um, so for me, that's sort of what I'd think about for that. And um, there's also bits and pieces of stuff that's happened is, you know, I used to knit socks during lectures when I was at Bible college and my brain has now gone, if I'm knitting, it's time for deep theological thought. It's like somehow that link has been made. So therefore, if I sit down to do any sort of hobby, my brain is automatically going to deeper thoughts on things. That's great. That's lovely. Um, it's like um, that repetitive um, action <laughs> releases you to actually then think about other things. And I think when people talk about contemplative practice, it's one of the things that they can talk about. That's right. One of the things I, I mentioned in my sermon actually was saying that it's um, important to take the time out to make mental space for, you know, mental quiet time. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a physical quiet time. So for some people, you'll focus better with a little bit of background music. For some people, you'll focus better going for a walk or doing a, you know, gardening task if it's one that you don't have to think too hard about. Is for some things, getting into those sorts of rhythmic sort of autopilot movements can actually help clear your mind and get you more focused to think and actually go deep. That's really helpful. Paul, um, what about for you, you know, in terms of your everyday life, what does going deep mean to you in your relationship with God? I, I always, um, I actually think it's times when I do reflect and, and um, it's interesting. I was just thinking about it, uh, like, we, you know, you listen for that still small voice. And I find that when I get really deep, that still small voice isn't small anymore. It takes up a large part of my thought and a large, and you, you can distinctly hear God. And so I find that I see God in, in every day, especially out here on the farm, you see God in most things. But I think that in some ways that's just superficial. Well, it's not deep, not superficial. It's not deep. But there's occasionally I'll be... Um, like we're going through lambing season at the moment. So when you see all the lambs being born, you just reflect on how amazing God is and you just give him all the glory. And I, I just think it's moments in the day that make me go deep with God. And it's, it's hard to say one thing or another, except I know when I actually reflect on God, that voice gets louder. And I yeah. think that's when I go deeper. That's great. Um one of the, I've, I've read quite some time ago a book by Brother, it was all about some letters and things that a monk called Brother Lawrence wrote, and it was about practicing the presence of God and how you can be in a kitchen or wherever and there's people talking everywhere and lots of things happening and you can still be aware of God's presence. For you, Dan, 
I know you've spoken about your Blue Gum pilgrimage and how for you going out and bushwalking and all of that is a place where you um, meet God. Do you want to talk a little bit more about where you go deep and how you go deep with God? Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think um, part of that, and looking at the diagram there, is that habits, isn't it? In creating habits that take you deeper, and that's why we popped it on there, because it's so valuable. And and that that just doesn't happen. Like, I've I've got a coach that helps me reflect on things, and I go all the time, I'm saying, oh, I don't want to be busy all the time, or I don't want to be known for being busy. Because I think that's, some people will sometimes say, oh, I didn't want to distract, I didn't want to bring this up because you seem busy. And, and you know, I've had to work on going, well, that's, that's not what I want to be known for. I want to be present. And uh, part of that is, is having the habits to, to spend time with God. And, and I think there's um, daily habits, and weekly habits and annual habits um, to do that. And so bushwalking for me is probably more of a monthly, more of a, um, you know, you've, I've really got to plan out that time and, and say, this day I'm going to go for a walk and, and spend time in, in this way. And, and I'm listening to what things does God want me to read or reflect on um, at that time. But it's also been very important for me, I think, daily. And I'm certainly, you know, working on it. I haven't got it down pat. But um, to spend time at the start of the day to, to pray and to just go through, what's the things I've got on today? And, and are they the things that you actually want me doing? Um, or is there someone to, to call or to bring up that, I, you know, that needs to be talked to today? And, and even, I mean, I, and I certainly haven't got to this yet, but I'd love to get to a place where even before I meet with someone that in that five minutes beforehand, I'm really discerning, God, what do you want me to say here? Or what's, what's the things that, that you want to bring up? And, and that's where I think even if we have then a busy day, um, God's with us through that. And we're therefore doing the things that he actually wants us to do and, and not just then going along with the notions. Of it, so like I said, I'm I'm not there yet. It's it's what I'd love to be, but um, I, that's where the habits and, and you know the the time it takes to create those habits are so important. Thank you, Matt. Yesterday also you mentioned how um, you know like being intentionally stepping back from the noise and the busyness can be really hard to do, but mm. you also and you talked about loneliness. And that part of, and sometimes why we don't go um, into a being reflect, having reflection time is um, to do with loneliness. And when, as a teaching team, we had a bit of discussion about this and whether it's just loneliness or whether it's other things. But do you want to just explain a little bit about what you meant by that? Yeah, I mentioned it in passing earlier. Just, I, I, I got that from Henry Nguyen, and I, I, I didn't actually make the link because uh, I, I mentioned the first time I really understood that was when I was a young bloke coming to Hobart to change Hobart. I, I was 20, uh, and I'd read this book, and it didn't make any sense, but then I read the book again for the second time, and, it's, and, and when he was talking about loneliness, I, I could identify this deep, dark hole uh, and pain, because uh, I, I, while I had left home a couple of years earlier, I hadn't actually emotionally left home, and I was in the process of separation. And, and as I was separating, I was real, I was realizing I am alone in the universe, <laughs> is what it felt like, uh, and I needed to um, uh, to be. Uh, to in Galatians, there's this double-edged thing where it's once in the same chapter it says uh, each person should carry their own load. 
and then it says carry one another's burdens. Uh, but I, I think, and I think both of those are true. But I was I was learning uh, how to carry my own load, and it and it is a and and the pain of loneliness is profound. Like it's. And, and it's not, not a pain that goes away. One of the things that really struck me when Henry, Henry Nguyen said is that we have two strategies to cope with it. We either fill our lives with noise, so and even your, your mind is still noisy. That's what I was saying this morning with my experience with um, uh, going to uh, read the Bible. I was reading the Bible, and while the, the, while the room was quiet, my mind was noisy. And I was still filling my, my, my mind with noise. To, uh, so that's one strategy we have. And the other strategy is to expect other people to fix the pain. And, and that, so we put unrealistic, and he says, divine expectations on other people. And, and that, I think, is one of the major reasons for relationship breakdown, where we expect other people to, to meet our needs. Uh, and and to, to fix the pain we have and and he he says and this is one thing I started to started to get at that age and I, I wasn't able to get this out he said there's this di- there's a profound difference between loneliness and solitude and you only find solitude when you go through the pain of loneliness there's no way of avoiding it but there is a point where you learn, where you can go ah, and you can settle into it being you and God. And you discover who God is and who you are, and you see more of your own stuff. And it, and and he says, and this is what's helpful. He says that being lonely or having solitude has got nothing to do with how many people are around you, uh, or what you what you know, what your circumstances are. It is it's an, a state of the heart. Uh, to quote, was it Pat Benatar? Anyway, no, anyway, it's a whole other thing. Um, uh, and and it is this whole other, like, I think I started to glimpse at age 20 and have continued to glimpse, but never fully, I don't think you ever fully get it. Like, you, you always come, you have moments of solitude where you sort of can be comfortable in who you are, um, but you're always coming and going from loneliness and wanting to, uh, um, at a different stages of your life, wanting to avoid the pain of going deep. So, yeah, okay, can I just ask, and I'll throw it open to the whole panel, so is that only about loneliness or is that about actually being honest with yourself and, and actually facing stuff in yourself? Do you know what I'm saying? Is it, is, is it actually, is that the definition of loneliness or is it, is it when you go deep inside yourself and be reflective, you actually are opening yourself up to be more honest about who, seeing you as you really are? And there, and there are some things you actually don't want to see about who you are. Paul, what are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? Um, I, I, I respectfully disagree with Matt completely on this, but that's okay. I actually think um, solitude is an amazing thing, but solitude in the Christian sense actually isn't being alone, which is really bizarre. Because when you've got perfect solitude, you've got God there. And to my experience, solitude is awesome when you've got God there, you know, like, and I think when you haven't got solitude, it is loneliness. And I think that's the difference. And for me personally, I actually, I go through stages where I'm incredibly lonely. And if I reflect back on it, it's times where I've 
um, forgotten God or, you know, God's not at the forefront of my thoughts is probably a better way of putting it. But solitude is such an amazing thing. It's when you and God are communing together and it's just you two. And I think I just find it so incredible. But loneliness is, is a different, a different um, I think there's being alone and there's being lonely. And I think they're two different things. So I would say you've got to learn to be alone, but you don't have to necessarily enjoy the loneliness. Um, no. And I, I think that's just, you know, the passage where Paul says, if you can, if you cannot get married, that's great. But if you need a partner and you have to get married, that's also great. So I think it, it really is personality based on being on loneliness, but being alone is different. And, um, I agree, though. Solitude with God is most awesome, and um, that's that is when you are most reflective and most on fire. I think. Hmm. Just, I just in passing, I, I, I actually don't think Paul and I disagree. I, I agree with everything he just said. Uh, I don't think I've found a way in the, even in this time to communicate what I mean by solitude and what I mean by loneliness. But I, but that's the. But, but I agree with it. What his definition was is probably better than mine. <laughs> Renata, for you, um, what are the things that, um, you know, like Matt's talked about loneliness, um, we've talked about a whole lot of other things that stop us from actually spending time in that reflection space. Um, is there anything else that we've, I mean, I know it, well, there's so much we could cover, but for you, does anything else stand out? Well, what stands out for me is where you talk about, you know, is it loneliness or is it not wanting to face, you know, a deeper look at yourself? And I think people are sort of, in society at the moment, people are actually taught to be lonely. They're not taught to do solitude properly. And that therefore becomes an excuse to avoid looking at themselves more deeply. So it's easy to go, it's easy to go, oh, I can't do that. I just get way too lonely. Um, and that's really actually an excuse to go, I don't want to look hard at myself. Like for some people, it's not so much of an issue. Like as a uh, very introverted person myself, if I don't talk to anyone, it'll take me about three weeks to suddenly realise I, I should actually like go and speak to a human being. Um, so I have to be, you know, rather than going, I need to make sure I spend time in solitude, I have to be very committed to going to Bible studies and doing things like that to make sure I always go to these things to make sure I'm always getting a bit of human interaction because if I don't, I will leave it too long and cause myself other problems. Yep, okay. Now, I think we're sort of starting, we're sort of starting to run out of time and yet we've got so many more things that we could talk about, which is, um, which is not surprising really on this topic. And one of the things I did want to ask was um, some thoughts about how, being a you know being a Jesus follower and reflecting in the context of God is is the same or different from um, the fact that many people um, who are not Christian who do not have any kind of religious affiliation or um, are following a different kind of religious um, framework to Christians also practice contemplation. They practice mindfulness. They practice reflection. So um, I guess I just wanted to explore in what ways, and in the very short time we've got left, which is a bit of a, <laughs> probably not easy to do, but what makes um, 
following Jesus and in, including God in your reflection time, um, the diff, different, and what are some of the outcomes of the, that are the same for no matter, um, you know, but the, the practice of, of reflection is the same regardless of who you are, but why um, using including God in it makes a difference. Dan? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, as I was thinking about that, and, and I think one of the things I, I really wanted to make sure we didn't miss was was that reflection of of God's character um, coming out in ourselves, which I, I think Renata and, and, and Matt were kind of speaking to, the fact that that um, these mirrors are also for us to then reflect who God is. And um, my, I was taking the opportunity, I, my family's up in the Northwest at the moment, so I was home alone and and it's dangerous, isn't it, listening to, to God's word or, or music while doing the dishes. But uh, I, I went for it. And um, I was listening to the story of, of uh, Jonah and how at the end there he goes, oh, I knew, God, you were going to be compassionate on these people. That's just in your character. That's who you are. You know, why they repented and and you've just let them go, go on with it. And um I think that's the difference there when we're actually focusing on God's character uh, um, because he is kind, he is love, he is um, generous, um, all, all those things. I think without that, we're, we're just, you know, trying to find something within that can help us go a little bit further. But, but when we reflect on God's word, when we, when we do that, we then share his fruit in that to kind of mix to, you know, to go with the things that we're talking about here about the, what can be seen. And, and um, we did just briefly, we, we talked about there, I had this image when we, when we had the run through on um, Thursday of, of the Lion King. I don't know how many, I mean, I, I watched that probably 20 times when I was a kid, but um, I didn't even pick up the fact that there's this, this scene where, where Simba says, he's kind of trying to put off his identity. He's trying to put off who he is um, and, and just go along with the flow. Um, but there's this this wise old monkey that says, "I know who you are. You're you're Mufasa's boy," and he has this moment where he looks down at his reflection. He sees himself. He says, "I don't see that," and then um, he looks deeper. And then um, he, his father's face becomes his face, mm -hmm. and that reflection. And in that moment, I was just thinking how much it is for for us to reflect the face of our father. And, and if we just go along with the busyness, if we um, don't have that time of, of knowing who our father is to reflect that then um, yeah I think we, we miss an important part of what it is to follow Christ in that. Thank you that is um, that's a that's a lovely way of picturing the difference um, I really like that um, perhaps if we just draw it to a conclusion um, I think we're coming to the end of our time together um, I just sort of got lost in the discussion, to be honest, because it was um, so interesting. But one of the things I wanted to leave you with um, was a, um, a, a it was a different version of Psalm 23, um, and it's called Psalm 23 for Busy People, and it was written by someone called Toki Miyashina. The Lord is my pace setter; I shall not rush. He makes me stop and rest for quiet intervals. He provides me with images of stillness, which restore my serenity. He leads me in the way of efficiency through calmness of mind. And his guidance is peace. Even though I have a great many things to accomplish each day, I will not fret for his presence is here.
his timeliness, his all importance will keep me in balance. He prepares refreshment and renewal in the midst of activity by anointing my mind with his oils of tranquility. My cup of joyous energy overflows. Surely harmony and effectiveness shall be the fruits of my hours and I shall walk in the pace of my Lord and dwell in his house forever. And I think those are the benefits She's just itemized some here the wonderful or he one of the wonderful benefits of being in the presence of God in times of reflection and how much and why it's important, why it's worth taking the time. Thank you, Paul. Thank Renata, you, Dan and Matt, for your insights and your contribution. And um, look forward to. What, we, what comes up next, which I believe, Matt, is um, being able to recognise ourselves and what's right and wrong in us. That's, that's right. Mind you, uh, next week we'll be on church camp and uh, we'll be bouncing off what does it mean to live in communities, a brief sort of interlude. And so we'll... Uh, the, the quality of the, the sermon video will probably not be the same. It'll be coming direct from an iPad uh, and there'll be some challenge. But I encourage people to, to watch and, and participate. Looking forward to being with everybody. And so we'll probably be bouncing off, uh, off that next week. And then we'll be coming back to this diagram. We're working our way through. And, and, and what does it mean to, uh, to recognise the voice of the Holy Spirit as we, as we reflect? Lovely. Well... For those of you who have taken the time to join us, thank you. And we'll um, look forward to spending time um, together and with you as you join us in later editions. Bye for now.